Welcome to Blunta Vista episode 89. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm here with Ben. Hello, Ben. Hey. Oh, hello. Hi. I feel like we've we've not we've not seen and heard from you for a while in here. Neither hide nor hair. I feel like I missed one episode, to my mind. Oh, it's certainly been it's certainly been more than one, <laughs> I think. Well, I mean, I'm never on the bonus episodes because you know, the night's boy. But hmm. yeah, it's lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. We also have uh, Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Hi. I'm I'm also here. Did did you miss me too? Yeah. Were you gone? I, you. I think I was gone. <laughs> in and out, in and out. Uh, the in poor and out. people have had to have a couple of weeks of just me, just a, a week or so of just me and Theo. Our Terrible. beautiful boy Theo. Hello, Theo. Hello. So uh, glad to be in amongst it. Just, just wrist deep in it, you know? <laughs> Getting amongst it. Mm, I'm wearing one of those big cow inseminating gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, because I'm getting wrist deep in it. Oh, I see. Um, I see. Those things are great visual comedy, those gloves. Classic. As soon as someone's got one on, you know what's going on. You know what's up. Uh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing reports that uh, Lucy might just vanish at some point during this episode. She's going to... It'll be very late into the episode. It'll be late into the episode. It'll be subtle. It'll be like when you do um, what I think is the perfect approach to partying, which is mm. to just to Slip just out. leave at some point. Yeah, ghosting the party is the it's the professional's move. Mm. I've been trying to teach I people think. here that you can just do that. You don't have to like tell people why you're leaving. Yeah, you can just leave. Oh, we um, it's a life changer. Yeah, I was talking to someone about this uh, recently, and and I think um, wife of the show, my wife Ellen, I was saying, yeah, I'd, I didn't I didn't realize until I met Andrew that you can do that. You can just go. <laughs> and like, nobody um, cares. No one gives a fuck. No one's gonna why notice. Would they? We um we went to a friend's wedding like just before <laughs> we we moved uh, away from Melbourne. And like we'd we'd been like packing up the whole house and uh, got little kids and shit and we were so tired and we went to this dear friend's wedding. Uh, it was really lovely, but it was like I'm gonna say 11 p.m. and we were like we're so done. We're just so done. That's bedtime. That's end time. To, we have to go. And Ellen was like, "But I'm gonna feel really bad when we're saying goodbye." And I was like, "Oh no no no, we we won't be saying goodbye." We're just going to, we're already out the front of this place. We're just going to turn and walk off into the night. Um, I said, why, what, what benefit do they get from like a procession of people coming up to them saying, we're leaving your fun party now. Um, Who needs it? They don't care. They're only thinking about fucking. Yeah. For the the first first time. time. For the first first time. time. (laughs) What do you reckon it's going to be like? Mm. Will it work? It sounds unlikely. Yep. Is Ooh. there more than one position? <laughs> Probably yep. not. It doesn't well, seem like you'd need one. So no. why a lifetime to unnecessary. Mm. Why change what <laughs> why works? Why complicate things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is the one position, Theo? It's the classic we know and love as... Uh, <laughs> reverse cowgirl. <laughs> Got it. The reverse cowgirl sounds extremely dangerous to me. Um, <laughs> like... My sister-in-law, who is a doctor, told me that um, people, like, literally go to emergency all the time with broken dicks from a reverse cowgirl. Yeah. It's a danger. Yeah. I like I like the joke of um, saying that reverse cowgirl is the one position because it's already a, a variant, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Classic. Oh, the old broken dick in the hospital. Well, we've all been there. Oof. Hmm. Uh, yeah, hmm. probably, I mean. Well, on the last episode, Theo hospital? was talking a fair bit about the, the joys of um, the Australian Had, medical system. And you having can just a broken go and, dick and you can you go and get go your dick hospital. fixed over and over again. If you, you so choose, constantly. you can take <laughs> a hammer, smack your own dick <laughs> apart, and no one at the hospital will be like, hey, did you do this yourself? Yeah. They yeah, no care. one they asks even you ask. that. They won't care at the hospital. It's not like an insurance process where you've got to go through and you can show, no, I dropped my dick. I didn't <laughs> slam it. You don't have to... Um, it the warranty period. <laughs> you don't have to walk around for weeks with your with your dick in a little brace. Um. <laughs> like one of those oh, neck braces. Am yeah, I going to so have to <laughs> send it away for weeks and wait for it to come back or should and I just buy a new one? If, if you're lucky, you'll get one of the places where they'll give you a shitty loner dick for the few weeks, <laughs> but they're generally tidy and they've been used far too much. Uh, oh. No one likes the loner dick smell. <laughs> no, no. no I, that new dick smell. Oh, Lucy, I love the idea of having just like a neck brace on your dick and there's, oh, like- there's, an, insurance, there's an insurance investigator following you around everywhere. <laughs> to see if you take it off. Yeah, he's standing next to you with the urinal and like checking to see if you still got it on. One of those dog cones. Yes. So you don't yeah. scratch it. <laughs> I'm picturing, you know, the arm braces you get where there's like a pole to hold the arm out upright. Yes. Yes. I think that's what you want, really. You go into the hospital and they 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 do a splint for you. You know, they put like a, a paddle pop stick on both sides and bandage it up. Put a put a sling around your neck, <laughs> holding your dick up. <laughs> And you just got to walk around like that at work, you know. <laughs> got to scratch it with a little wooden skewer when it yeah, gets it's itchy. down the side. <laughs> oh, man. and on oh, the smell when they take that cast off. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus oh, Christ! Lollipop stuck down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, welcome to Buenta Vista. Uh, you show about politics. Yeah, show about politics, the intricacies of the healthcare system. Oh my God! Speaking of politics. You gotta love it. You gotta love the politics, <laughs> folks. Have there yes. been some? Speaking oh. of politics, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. We love to see it. We love to see some politics here in Big Australia. Fan. Um, hmm. So we're all about consistency too. So it was very good to see that um, the the temporary Morrison government um, had said that they were going to ban um, the big right wing Nazi adjacent dickhead Milo Yiannopoulos professional troll from coming into Australia to to do the um, the deplorables tour I think it was mm. is this still going oh no that was I'd, originally right I Sorry, thought I the apologies. deplorables tour was yeah that was the last one right the the was one it? that he was doing in August of last year oh that got cancelled because of his crazily well documented uh, infighting with the promoter of the tour <laughs> well then he was coming back. He he got banned. He got uh, he got denied a visa on character grounds. But um, then a bunch of conservatives got mad. So the government said, "Oh, sorry, we'll let him in," <laughs> which is great stuff. Um, reading from I think it's the Guardian here. The Morrison government has backed down on banning right-wing speaker Milo Yiannopoulos from entering Australia amid a backlash from MPs and conservative media commentators. 
In a stark change of position from just four days ago, the government is now distancing itself from a Department of Home Affairs letter which outlined a series of reasons why the controversial figure may not pass the character test and should not be allowed into the country. The government has used the character test to ban others entering Australia in recent years, including WikiLeaks whistleblower Chelsea Manning, Gavin McInnes, the leader of the far-right Proud Boys group, and notorious English conspiracy theorist David Icke. David, Ike or is it yes. Ike? I think it I was saying Ike. 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 I spoke Ike. about this on our little Trash Future QAnon Anonymous little battle. Oh. They taught me about this man. He's a he's a wild okay. man. Wild man. Um, <laughs> I I would be look. I'm going to be honest with you. If it didn't have like such a really big, um, frighteningly anti-Semitic element, I think I would go to one of David Ick's things. Sounds I think amazing. I would like. I think yeah, I, would, pretty I would like that to- his Holocaust denial is getting in the way of us enjoying his lizard man rants. <laughs> exactly. I mean, who wouldn't like to go and get absolutely lit up and sit in a stadium full of just nut jobs, listen to a guy talk about how uh, lizard over- overlords are ruling the hollow earth or whatever. Um, but then, you know, then, he's, then it's got to get racist and... Just kind of ruins. It's always the fun. about the Jews. It's always you're having fun until they bring up the Jews, and then it's not fun anymore. God, no. God damn it! They Ruin weren't lizard high. people after all. Then I got to get up and I got to like make my way down the row, stepping on all the toes mm-hmm. of all the all the people there, little little tinfoil hats. Uh, anyway, the letter notes that the Migration Act allows the government to refuse a, a visa application in the event a person would quote incite discord in the Australian community or in a segment of that community. Uh, it cites a violent protest at Mr. Yiannopoulos' last major speaking tour in Melbourne in 2017, where five police officers were injured. Mr. Yiannopoulos has not paid the $50,000 bill handed to him for the cost of policing that event. Uh, they also right. listed a series of controversial statements Mr. Yiannopoulos has made about Muslims, Indigenous Australians, African Americans, and the LGBTIQ community, and included copies of 19 news articles or screenshots where he was accused of offensive behaviour, including anti-Semitism. So it sounds like they've done their homework. Yeah, you'd think so. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we have discussed on this show before that, uh, that like, just weaponizing the visa process is a, is a bad move all round. Like, oh, weaponizing geez. the visa process for the culture wars is... <laughs> But in this case, I mean, he he didn't pay his bill. Like, that's a fairly, like, clear-cut visa denial if he was billed for the um, police at the protest and didn't pay for it. I don't know. Oh, I mean, much I don't want to go down it. that road either because I have a bunch of unpaid road tolls in the state of Ohio and I would very much like to go back to the US. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if, if, your, if your whole thing, if your whole purpose for being in the country is I'm going to do these tours, there's going to be protests and shit, it's yeah, guaranteed. it's going to cost Little- taxpayer dollars to have yeah. police presence at everything that I do. And I don't pay the bills for any of that stuff. Then you can mm-hmm. kind of see them, see them going on that stuff. Um, so senior members of the government were earlier this week satisfied with the decision to block Mr. Yiannopoulos. Uh, but Immigration Minister David Coleman will now personally approve the visa. <laughs> government source said Mr. Coleman strongly disagreed with many of Milo's views and statements, but it reached the view that someone should not be banned because people disagree with them and may protest in response. The initial push to reject the visa was met with a furious response from pro-free speech coalition MPs, One Nation leader Pauline Hanson, and some media commentators, including Sky News host Andrew Bolt. Of course. Of course this is a back down, Bolt said Saturday. 
There is a young generation of liberals in Parliament who seem to have more ideological clarity than the older generation. People like Amanda Stoker, Tim Wilson, uh-huh. <laughs> James Patterson, and Andrew Hastie. Oh, the just of the course. pastiest, whitest motherfuckers on the planet. Almost libertarian sons of bitches. These are people that have made their bones making speeches about free speech. And with this process, David Coleman has made hypocrites of them all. Can I just say, I love to make my bones. Oh, love it. Yep, when you love when it. those mm-hmm. bones of yours are made, oh. There's nothing like it. There's Can't no feeling like it. Mm. How did you make your bones, Theo? Um... God, it, I, I really regret having to say this, but very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's only you know one step down from that is uh, grinding someone's bones to make your bread. Then you got something to eat. Mm. Mm. So, um, great, great consistency here. From I the love the consistency. It just doesn't make any any sense whatsoever who they approve and deny these yeah. character grounds pieces the fact that like with a back down everybody's happy like everybody just loves a back down because the people <laughs> that were like that had their way the first time go oh no that's reasonable and then the people that have just gotten their way uh also go yeah no that's the that's that's also good everybody is just happy i think throughout the entire process yep 100 percent of so people stand back and say we've made the right everyone. call all around <laughs> on reflection yeah Oh, dear. Um, Andrew Bolt says, This whole thing has just been so pathetic. Banning him wouldn't have stripped his right to speak from him, but the right wouldn't have just stripped his right to speak from him, but the right of 26 million Australians to decide who they listen to. Yeah, it's really fucking hard to find some Milo talking. Yeah. Really hard if you're into, like, Gavin McInnes or Milo Mm -hmm. or whatever to find, like, 60 hours a week of these motherfuckers talking. Or if you're watching literally any video on YouTube and then glance over at the recommendations. Yes, yes. Um, if I watch a, if I watch like a, a video of suggestions for like fun things to make for for my kids' lunchboxes, mm-hmm. and then next to that is like suggested. Um, Jordan Peterson destroys feminist bitches on Joe Rogan's show. Hell yeah, that's Thank what you. I want to hear. Thanks, thanks YouTube. Uh, just rounding it out, in June last year, PayPal suspended Yiannopoulos after he used the online payment system to send $14.88 to a Jewish journalist. Seems normal and fine. It's free <sighs> oh, speech. But he was just trolling. Um, yes. He's just trolling. So, uh, if you say or do something horrible that provokes a bad response from someone, but you meant to do it just to provoke a bad response from someone... It's fine. So it's all good. Yep. You know who was the original troll? Adolf Hitler. I was going to say Satan. I was going to say Albert Einstein. (laughs) 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 Um, So so just taking a a little turn here. I was reading a piece from The Good Weekend called Is Tony Abbott's Time Up? Question mark. Indicating that they're not actually, they're not saying yes or no one way or the other. They're more kind of asking the question. Uh, and it's a, it's, it's a long read from The Good Weekend. And basically, it's sort of, um, you know, a, a, a capsule of what seems to be going on around the country. 
So, what's what's her name? Karen Phelps? Is that the lady who won Malcolm Turnbull's seat? Dr. Karen Phelps. Dr. Certainly. Karen Phelps. Yes. Uh, she didn't go to um, whatever kind of doctor school she did for however many years she did for some guy on a podcast to just call her Karen Phelps. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely I think we right. can all agree. Um, so, yeah, that, that whole thing where, you know, it's, it's a very, um, very, what's the word? Uh, money-rich electorate full of people who have traditionally voted liberal for a long time, but they're also very dissatisfied with what's going on um, at the federal level. So... Uh, somebody runs as an independent and they vote for them instead and then they basically just get to have like a a moderate liberal anyway but they also get to stick it to the liberal party Uh, and that is what's also kind of happening in tony abbott's electorate Uh, because you might be shocked to hear this it turns out that everybody is fucking sick of tony abbott and just wants him to go away why is he Um, still around he's just hanging about he's the guy that won't leave the party it's great though watching him like just all of a sudden it's the first time in however long that that he's gone oh i actually have to like i actually have to present some type of reason for the public to vote for me here mm. and he's just been scrambling to find stuff and it's so good like he was at a he was at a debate like a candidate's debate um town hall thing against uh zali stegel who is the woman who's running against him as an independent and she's she's very much in the karen phelps mold um she's just a she's a former olympian from a very rich family uh who like grew up skiing in switzerland and shit uh and you, you look at any of the anything that she says and it's just it's just hey climate change is real but also shouldn't we lower taxes for the rich mm, um cool you know, so Let's not get excited about that. Um, but yeah, there was a leaders debate and now all of a sudden Tony Abbott's like, oh, we shouldn't pull out of the Paris Accord. Uh, now it's good. Now I'm in favor of it after he spent however many years saying we should follow Donald Trump. <laughs> we should follow <laughs> Donald Trump and do the same thing. Um, so, so this piece is uh, funny. It's funny to me. And let me, let me, well, here you go. Here's a little excerpt from it that really sums up to you the kind of person who lives in his electorate and cares about getting him voted out. Uh, Mark Kelly owns and runs Global Surf Industries, one of the world's largest surfboard distribution companies. But for the moment, the Warringah-based businessman is devoting himself to selling T-shirts, shopping bags, stubby holders, reusable coffee cups, and lapel buttons emblazoned with the words, Vote Tony out. Demand for the products is Australia-wide, Kelly reports. There's a lot of anti-Tony Abbott feeling in Victoria, that's for sure, and Western Australia, but yeah, all over the place. Expat Australians too are placing orders. I've sent stuff to London, Tokyo, Singapore, Hong Kong, Israel. So I love that, like, (laughs) this dude's like, oh, there's a real groundswell here. I could be selling some stuff and making a bit of money. Like, (laughs) this whole thing is just, I made a bunch of merch... I made a bunch of merch and sold it to fund my already gigantic business. Um, But there's a a great glimpse into Tony Abbott's psyche uh, throughout this article. 
It would be easy to take this kind of thing personally, but Abbott seems in a jaunty mood when I join him on a drive through the electorate one Saturday <laughs> oh, afternoon. Jaunty. I jaunty just mood. cannot picture that man being jaunty at all. That's that's just what his rictus grin plastered to his face is described as. Jaunty little wink. He is a jaunty little lick of the lips. Uh, he is at the wheel of his Mercedes, a gold 1994 model with almost 250,000 kilometers on the clock and a rack for his surfboard on the roof. I am in the front passenger seat. Between us, the crucifix on a set of rosary beads dangles from the rear vision mirror. The left are certainly putting in a massive effort, says Abbott, who entered Parliament after winning a by-election the year his car rolled off the assembly line and has prevailed in eight federal elections since. At the last one in 2016, he comfortably survived a 9% swing against him in the primary vote. So that was that was in 2016. Uh, which makes you think that um, if that trend continues, he, surely he's going to get fucked up, right? Mm. I'd, I'd hope so. I'd say so. Um, but but this is just the kind of beginnings of of him not being able to attribute any like move, move away from him in the vote to being like anything to do with him. It's just the left. It's this monolithic. It's always the left. It's this monolithic left that is weaponized against him, you know. But he's tried everything to reverse the trend. I mean, he's gone to his local surf club and he's sort of stood weirdly with his arms, like, hanging mm-hmm. directly down. Um, and probably other things as well. So he's tried everything. Well, he's stood on train platforms and stood weirdly with his arms hanging down. And he's also just hung out in the middle of the street with his arms hanging down weirdly. As he steers the Merc through leafy suburbia, skirting the boundaries of one of Australia's original retail megacenters, Warringah Mall, he tells me he isn't unduly worried. I've been pretty encouraged, to be honest, he says. Out on the streets, the reaction I'm getting is the reaction I've always got, which is a reasonable welcome from just about everyone. <laughs> That's the welcome you want. <laughs> I feel like to Tony, like, not being told to fuck off is, is like, it's a, a positive. warm welcome. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that the anti-Abbott groups include disaffected liberal voters, and he says firmly, they're not disaffected liberals. They're nearly all people who have never voted liberal in their lives. Oh. Okay. Well, that's that, I guess. <laughs> so, how does, so how does that work then? If, there's, if there are people that have never voted liberal in their life, and all of the people that were voting liberal continue to vote liberal, is, where is he saying that, votes are coming from is it that all of the old liberal voters are dying off and almost as if like their entire ideology is based around raving pensioners or is there some other explanation Mm. well but but like like they just described last election nine percent swing against him but none of those people who stopped voting for him and started voting for someone else have ever voted liberal before like it's just this this like pathological denial this massive wall going up like um they they talk to a lot of people during this article and like multiple of them say that it was when he abstained from the vote on same-sex marriage um that was like the last straw for them because that was when um there was the nationwide postal survey and Waringa had a 75 percent yes vote which is like one of the highest in the whole country and as as their representative, he then went to Parliament, and when they were voting on the bill, he just walked out of the room instead of voting. So it's democracy. 
That's right. democracy, Good old baby. democracy. So, yeah, a lot of people not unreasonably um, saw that and said, oh, this guy is actually not interested in representing my, my feelings at all. Um, in the car with Abbott, it occurs to me that the hours he spends surfing and cycling pay dividends. He and the Mercedes may have both been around the block a few times, but Abbott is still in pretty good shape. Uh, dressed from head to toe in R.M. Williams, the conservative politician's smart, casual label of choice, he is headed for Forestville Shopping Center, where he is scheduled to spend some time mingling with the citizenry. In what, in what world is R.M. Williams a smart, casual brand of choice? What is R.M. Williams? Is this just like It's the rivers? cowboy gear. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, this is the this is like the the Akubra that you wear when you're out doing your photo op um, at right. Stam somewhere. The upmarket expensive cowboy stuff. Mm. Okay. Like, yeah. This is so the you wear it to a, to a formal rodeo, not to the. I see. Like, <laughs> Certainly. Everyday it's, it's rodeo. Ju- it's just like um like chambray shirts and like um jeans and boots and shit that all cost like $400 each. Right, so just for politicians, basically. It's their one market. But it's also an Australian brand, so you can be like, look at me. Yeah, of course. Also, every single Melbourne and Sydney uh, young media man wears a pair of R. Williams boots to work. It's like a universal law for some reason. Right. Oh, look, they're, they're good quality boots. There's no denying that. Um, Eleanor bought a pair of them however many years ago and they're exactly the same now. They're basically invincible. Um, but they are very expensive as well. Anyway, R.M. Williams aside, um, it seems a good moment to raise one of the complaints I've heard about Tony, that he shows little interest in listening to his constituents' concerns. Um, like the same-sex marriage thing. People requesting meetings with him can take up to 12 months to land an appointment, <laughs> I have been told. Mm-hmm. Not true, he says. Look, Anyone who wants to see me can get an appointment. They may not get repeated appointments once it's clear what they're on about, and I've said my piece. There was a group that wanted to talk about conditions on Nauru and Manus, for instance. That's probably who you're talking about. Uh, No. My information comes from Voices of Warringah, a community network that has hosted a series of small meetings in people's homes, kitchen table conversations, with the aim of giving those living in the electorate the opportunity to identify the issues that matter to them and to air their grievances. I understand the comments about Abbott's inaccessibility were made by ordinary citizens. I'd like to have their names, he says. (laughs) (laughs) What a list. Not threatening at all, that's fine. He says, unfurling his Nixon-style enemies list. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to have their names, he says. I think you can be very confident that the people in question were activists posing as ordinary citizens. So, if you are um, a person who votes not for Tony Abbott, then you can't possibly be someone who did vote for the Liberals but now just doesn't want to vote for him. But you're also an activist at the same time. Not a normal citizen, because you can't be a normal citizen and a leftist. You have to be posing as a normal citizen. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, You also can't be a normal citizen and not vote for him. Mm. Like, there there just seems to be this dichotomy in his brain of liberal voters, normal people, real people, Mm -hmm. um, and then... Left voters harvested from a pod. Yes. Um, Yes. Wasting Um, clothes in an alleyway. Yeah, people people who are being paid by get-up. That's um, right. To do that shit. That filthy Soros money. Mm. Soros. Good so, reference. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went to his David Icke conference and now he's all caught up on yeah, where, I, the, where it's really coming from. Mm. Um, 
And just to round it out, last month, both he and Zali Stegel hit the water for the annual Coal Classic Ocean Swim at Manly. Afterwards, Abbott made a statement to camera. Chest hair glistening, participation medal around his neck, he stood in front of a portaloo and spoke earnestly of the need for better toilet arrangements at the beach. This is one of the things I'll be fighting for in the build-up to this election, he said in a video clip posted on Twitter, where he has 673,000 followers. Three days later, when Warringah residents were polled by ReachTel and asked which issue was paramount to them in deciding who would get their vote, almost a third nominated climate change and the environment. The next biggest group, 23%, nominated economic management. Few of them, one in ten people, nominated the tunnel. No one mentioned the Manly Beach toilets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the tunnel that they're talking about is um, he, he wants a, a tunnel put in to, to deal with traffic congestion in this suburb. And he's made that like, you know, this big plank of his re-election campaign, except all these people are like, yeah, but that's a thing that state governments deal with and you're a federal MP. And, and his answer to that was, yeah, but, um, but you don't want to elect someone who's going to go in and sabotage it at the federal level, which might happen if you voted for a labor person. So like his whole thing is re-elect me for this thing that I can't influence. But so I won't strong, stop it. Strong platform. Just great stuff from Tony. Um, but yes, it's it's always interesting to get a little insight into somebody who has been like stewing in ideological warfare and student politics for like um, forty years, and and see that basically his brain is entirely roasted, and there is no world in which you can disagree with him uh, without immediately becoming, I guess, an enemy of the people. Just a non-person, really. If you have slightly, like, strongly held beliefs that don't align with his beliefs, you're suddenly an agent provocateur of some outside force and not a member of the country, which is good to know. Well, yeah, it's it's just basically, basically sort of stating at a fundamental level that if you disagree with him, then you are automatically acting in bad faith. That there are no, there are no, like genuine grounds on which anyone could disagree with him about anything this is how i feel about movies and music oh that if somebody disagrees with you then they obviously you haven't listened to it right you're not experiencing it correctly you've come in with the wrong mindset i can tell by the fact that your opinion's different to mine that it's wrong Hmm. that's fair uh hey guys while we're talking about the news here's a little story i saw in the news just reading some local reading some local berlin news as i do (laughs) this this story was very funny to me german police say officers called to investigate a murder arrived to find that the woman who had reported it just wanted someone to remove a car blocking her garage (laughs) (laughs) such a good powerful so good The woman, who wasn't named, rang emergency dispatches early Thursday and claimed that her husband had been killed, sending police and first responders rushing to the scene in the Bavarian town of Berchtesgaden, possibly. Sure. (laughs) German news agency DPA quoted a spokesman for Southern Upper Bavaria Police, Stefan Sontag, saying, The woman thought if she calls in a murder, the police will get there faster. (laughs) Apparently she was right. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say. Smart. I think it's I think it's a powerful energy. This one, mm. yeah, it's certainly not crime. Go briefly back to Southern Upper Bavaria. 
<laughs> that's, this strongly reminds me of friend of the show, my friend Dave, referring to living in Mackay as being in South North Queensland. <laughs> South Far North Queensland, sorry. Oh, he's right. Mm, don't know yeah, about so, that. Southern, southern Upper Bavaria sounds suspiciously like the middle of Bavaria. Bavaria, yes. Mm, yeah. He lives in Bavaria. Central, Central Bavaria. Central Bavaria, yeah. Um, and just to round it out. The woman, who was visibly drunk, attempted to get into her car before officers <laughs> took away her keys. <laughs> oh. Drink driving? Not funny. Uh, who was visibly Ooh. drunk? One of the funniest combinations of words in the world. <laughs> visibly oh. drunk. Visibly drunk. And it's and it's like a Thursday morning. This woman is having a Jesus. great day. Wow. Just shit-faced Thursday a.m. You're trying to get down to the shops. Buy yourself like just a. Just trying a to drunk drive down to the shops. Oh, you just want to go down there and get a sausage roll and a Lucas Aid, you know? <laughs> and uh, and you open the garage. What do you see there? Some car. You think to yourself, I'd be hey. Pissed. Hey. Look, I could call a tow truck. I could call the police and just report what's happened. Wait, I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> You can tell them that my husband has been murdered. That's a very specific person to choose, too. Not like, I found a dead body, but like, my husband has been murdered. Well, it strongly implies that you have found your dead husband in your house, doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if they get there and the husband's just asleep. She probably doesn't have one. (laughs) She doesn't sound like a woman with a husband. She sounds like a loose unit. (laughs) She does sound like a loose unit. (laughs) Sounds entirely loose. Anyway, um, crime pass for this week. If somebody not does block driving. you in, not drink driving, <laughs> not drink driving. But if somebody does block your car in, um, just phone the police and say that there has been a murder and they need to bring a tow truck. You know, I'm going <laughs> to broaden that and say the crime pass is you could waste police resources in any fashion that you like, mm. willy nilly, uh, indefinitely. Uh, that's a permanent crime pass. Mm. I really need to get around to like. Um, putting like a, a printable crime pass on the website well that's not a bad idea a little pdf that you can yeah you none can of them will it. make sense in retrospect be like no, what is can... this what is this talking about no 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 i'm saying i'm saying it would be like a a, a blank one that you fill in yourself oh, oh that seems dangerous i, I don't see. know it would the... be like um it would be like you know when you you can get ordained as a minister online you know right. you just, just get a hey, you have to put your own name in like there. three questions to get that <laughs> ministry I just don't oh, yeah. know whether I trust regular Joe Fuckwit on the street to grant himself immunity to crime prosecution. I think that people like us who are scholars of the law yes, uh, should be the ones invalidating it at will. I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, there should be conditions on it. Like, you can only fill in the blank with, a, like, a crime pass from the show. Otherwise, oh, it's invalidated. Yeah, right. And also, it is not valid. In the court of law, and please don't present it to a police officer. I, uh, well, oh, it'd be pretty funny though. It'd be wouldn't pretty it? funny. What's with this not valid in a court of law business? <laughs> That's the whole point of the cry pass. This is a very valid legal proclamation that we're making. Well, I, th- I think we're just kind of hopeful that a cop will see it and go, oh, "I'm so sorry." I'm dead certain that this is uh, all above <laughs> board, uh, and this will work out perfectly fine. If we've said this week that uh, murder is legal for you. For a seven-day period, uh, that's legally binding, as far as I'm aware. Hmm. Um, who'd like who'd like a little trip to Nature Corner? Oh, that'd be a treat. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. A little bit of, a little bit of nature. Lucy corner. doesn't sound convinced. Well, I've got I some. I've got nature. some nature corner. What have you got? <laughs> um, I've. Well, does does anybody have any any real life nature that they need to talk about? Anybody had any? I saw a, a bird yesterday. <laughs> what kind of bird? Are you looking was... in the mirror? <laughs> oh. <laughs> saw a bird in it. <laughs> <laughs> was no, it a particularly just, notable type of bird? It was a green bird. It looked like a parrot. It's very exciting. There's not Incredible. much. There's not many native wildlife in Hawaii. It's very what? exciting. Okay, is that, is that real? It's real because Hawaii is not a very old island. It emerged from the sea. I didn't know all this. So there's not like it hasn't had time to develop its own unique wildlife. Huh? It's wild. Everything's like introduced. It's crazy shit I didn't know about. There you go. Don't quote me on that. I, it's, the science is probably not sound the way that I described it. Hundred <laughs> percent. You got a science pass on this one. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I I have a small nature corner contribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very. Hold on. I don't know if anybody can hear all the fucking cockatoos screeching outside my house. If if the mic is. Picking oh, that I got up, a I got a whippersnipper outside my house, so nice. it's helpful. That's Sorry, nature. Ben, go on. Uh, I uh, I was very high in my house last night and mm-hmm. I was like at the point where my house was making all sorts of weird noises because possums run across the roof and shit and I'm always just like no 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 she's being paranoid because weird. nothing weird is happening in your house and then uh, at one point there was a cat in my house and I just <laughs> saw something move in the corner of the room I was like haha ooh, you ate too many brownies <laughs> and then I realised it was a live fully grown cat wandering around I have no idea whose it is or where it came <laughs> from uh, it was terrifying it's just in the lounge room huh? yeah just mm. chilling out sniffing around my stuff and then I got oh, up to be like hey what, what's, <laughs> what's up man uh, and then it left uh, just a uh, wonderful addition to my evening and I believe, Andrew, we covered on the bonus, me getting bitten twice by a spider. Yes. And oh, acting very bravely in the process. Oh. Falling so, down and skinning your falling, knee, yes. Yeah, just fucking ripping up my knee <laughs> while screaming, ah, ah, ah. Um, I'm very attractive to my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, no an, update from, there. an update from my household, uh, the cat, cat of the show, Couscous, has now been on oh, her... Are you saying the cat of the show? Because mm. I don't know if Gnome's going to like that. Well, I think Gnome I, I, is definitely the people's champion. Well, Get in touch. I, well, okay. Who do you think the the cat of the show is? Yeah. Oh, um, this is this is a chance to to use our new email address. Um, please write into the show at heyyouguys at buntavista dot com and oh, let us know. Goodness, does okay. that like divert to all of us? No. Okay. Hey, okay. you guys. Hey, you guys. At puntavistas.com and then send us something in which you say, hey, you guys, this thing. Tell us the thing. Tell us who is the cat of the show. Um, uh, one of the cats of the show, Couscous, uh, she has been on her special diet for a while now to deal with her suspected cat IBS. Mm-hmm. Aww. God and, bless. Um, well, look, you know, apparently someone around here has got to have IBS and... Um, so and she, it seems to be working. She seems to be uh, vomiting on the furniture less and doing far less, l- just lethal farts, hmm. just nightmarish farts. Um, Never known really? a cat to have disgusting farts. Oh god damn! It's like, oof, just indescribable stuff. And it's always like she just comes up and hops in your lap and then squeaks one out. 
Um, when I when I used to live in a share house, um, my cat hopped up on my uh, roommate's desk and then proceeded to fart out what was uh, the <laughs> colour and consistency <coughs> excuse me <laughs> of about of about a shot glass worth of Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a fart. No, thank you. That's not a fart. Alright, anyway. Nature Corner News, folks. Here we go. I've heard of um, Dog Bites Man, but mm-hmm. Dog Shoots Man? I've heard of that too. I've not heard of that. Uh, this is some more news from Berlin. I've got a lot of Berlin news for you today, everybody. A German court has ruled that a dog owner isn't fit to carry a firearms license after his dog shot him with a rifle. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. Wait, wait. Why is why is he not fit to have the license? He didn't. Do yeah, anything. it sounds like his dog's <laughs> the one who shouldn't be holding. His dog's Dick Cheneying him over here. That's right. And he's the one who gets in trouble. This is just like the time former Vice President Dick Cheney shot his friend uh, during during a hunting trip, and then the guy apologized to Dick Cheney. Hmm. It's exactly so like sorry. that. So sorry for getting in the way of your your buckshot, your pellets. Uh, The Munich Administrative Court on Tuesday dismissed the man's appeal against an earlier decision by Bavarian authorities. Um, It doesn't say whether it's uh, like upper or southern upper Bavaria or whether it's like um, southern or Mm. upper or lower southern Bavaria. Bavaria. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, By Bavarian authorities to withdraw his license to own a rifle as well as his hunting permit. The decision followed a 2016 incident in which the man, a passionate hunter, was shot in the arm after his dog managed to release the trigger on a loaded rifle that was lying in his car. The court ruled that the hunter couldn't be relied upon, quote, because it must be assumed that he will handle firearms and ammunition carelessly in the future as well. Um, that's... I don't know if I would just leave a loaded rifle with the safety off just rattling around in the back uh, with the dog. Clearly, you're not that man. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a rifle or a dog, and it still just seems obvious, you know? Um, So, you know, if you've been shot by a pet, write into the show at heyyouguys at buntavista.com. Let us know. Let us know what's going on. Uh, Here's here's a little piece for you from El Paso, Texas, not Berlin. It's not in any part of the Bavaria region. Um, it's, it's far western Bavaria, El Paso, Texas. Far western Bavaria. <laughs> <coughs> Not in the Valentine's Day spirit, a Texas zoo has a cockroach that can help. The El Paso <laughs> Zoo is running a promotion called Quit Bugging Me that allows people to name cockroaches after ex-spouses, former friends, or anyone else on their shit list. Oh, on Thursday, the cockroaches will be fed to various zoo animals. Oh, God that's damn. Beautiful. That's that's some that's some bitter shit right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the that's zoo's some Facebook I'm not page, over you shit. Yes, yeah. very much. Yeah. Some I gotta work out my issues, um, and In this probably isn't the way, way to do it. <laughs> I better pay for somebody to put your fucking name on a cockroach. Um, the zoo's Facebook page features dozens of pink heart graphics showing black cockroaches and various first names or initials of people's exes. Zoo officials say the response has been so overwhelming that they've had to cut off the submission period. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, all my exes do live in Texas. 
Oh boy. Is that where where as a result do you hang your hat though? Hmm. Tennessee usually. Yeah. That reminded me of some nature corner. The dodo escaped from the zoo here and they haven't found it. They have a the, the what they, an they African dodo, dodo escaped <laughs> an African dodo like this little little birds, not the extinct dodo. Wait, there's I didn't know we had a living species of dodo. I'm sure a multitude of dodo. dodo. Let me let me Google it real quick, just to make it doesn't sure. Doesn't seem like there's a living dodo. I it's called something else then. <laughs> I'm certain it's called this. Either Did you way, see a fat chicken, Lucy. <laughs> Did you see a fat you chicken. Duped. There's an animal that escaped from the zoo, and it's just out there. And I, we were at the zoo, and there's a sign that says, "If you see this bird, do not approach it. Call 911." Is this cool. uh, <laughs> the endangered <laughs> African ground hornbill? That's the one. <laughs> it's the same bird. It's mostly the same bird. Oh, I'm hearing a pterodactyl got out of the Hawaiian zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Do not approach him. Oh. He will Do not approach tear him. you apart. Call 911. <laughs> He's tiny. He must be vicious. I really want to find him. There's a reward. It's a reward. He does look quite small, but that beak looks fucking mean. He could go you, I reckon. I can't believe he just escaped. The dodo. I, it's out there. Did you remember, uh, this was like ages ago. I might have spoken about it on the podcast before <laughs> because I love it so much, but the fucking... The giant, like, condor that they have at Taronga Zoo just took off at one point. They were doing, like, their Jesus. display where, uh, you know, they, they stand in the courtyard near its cage and the zookeeper has him on his arm and they talk about it and he just flew off. <laughs> uh, he ended up coming back or they yeah. found him or something, but they were just like, well, shit. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> what do we do shit. now? Huh. I've been going to the zoo a lot lately. Yeah. We've got a, f- a family pass to the zoo. Nice. That's some real um, real family shit. Are you showing the kids one animal each time and then going yeah. home? Just make sure you really get your money's <laughs> worth. Oh, look, it's good. It was, a, it was a gift from the in-laws to one of our kids. It was a zoo membership. Thing. They bought us a family zoo membership. I think the, the lady of the zoo was like, uh, if you come like three times with a family, it's paid for it. Oh, yeah. Um, which I think we've already done. Uh but it's good because it's not very far away from my house and it means that you can just go to the zoo and be there for like an hour. You don't, oh, you don't have to make like it like four everything. hours of... Mm. Yeah, and like if you've got little kids, you've got to carry them around half the fucking time. And they don't oh, appreciate the anything. Thing. They don't even know what the animals are. It's pointless. That's right. They they don't understand which of them I would shoot if given the chance or I had enough money to pay to be able <laughs> mm-hmm. to go and do it. They don't... <laughs> Um, there was one of the cages, one of the enclosures, I should say. It is animal prison. It's a cage. Yeah, it's terrible. like they're um, enclosed in a cage. Yeah, uh, there's bars. There's very clearly bars. Uh, if they, if the lions could hold like a tin cup, they would absolutely be raking it back and forth mm. across the mm-hmm. bars. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, one of them was like the snow leopard one, and it was just empty with all these signs up saying "Vale Snow Leopard's name." The snow leopard has died of old age and boredom. Um, and then you've got to tell your kids about the dead snow leopard. Teach them about stick. snow leopard mortality. <laughs> Whether there is a snow leopard heaven. They're going to be worrying that their snow leopard's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, uh, so, so on the last bonus episode, Theo and I were talking about um, Peter, 
PETA, the the ethical treatment of animal I folks. I believe it's pronounced PETA. PETA. Um, we were talking about their social media antics, including uh, seemingly gloating over the death of National Treasurer Steve Irwin, um, and then getting ratioed into oblivion. Theo was saying that the post that they made had 80-something thousand replies. Wow. That's a ratio. That's right up there. It's right up there. We were sort of talking about how um, Peter generally just, just seemed shit. Like, um, it's it seems like these days most people are just fine with someone being vegan it's not a it's not a thing anymore like or it's i I think the the main point that we were making was it it's so much less cool to say i want to wrap my steak in bacon because it's freaking epic um than it is to be like oh yeah i'm vegan for whatever reason um so so we did ask for any vegan listeners of the show to write in with their take on Peter, because as non-vegans, we, we just wanted to check that we weren't entirely showing our asses on that one. And we did get several letters from people, so I might rattle off a few of them now. Howdy, Bunta Vistas and Vistettes. I think that's you, Lizzie. Uh, <laughs> Me. I'm the vis- Vistette. A bird, innit? I'm um, a bird, innit? It, it just means a smaller version of, right? So I think they might actually be talking about Theo. As a friend of the show and also a vegan, I thought I should write in to weigh in on Peter. Petar. First, my vegan credentials. I've been a vegan for. I'm imagining him like doing the Fox Mulder ID badge, showing those vegan credentials. Showing your vegan badge. Um, I've been vegan for nine years and vegetarian for 11 before that. When I was a teenage aspiring edgelord, I thought their shock tactics were sigh clever putting lie to a lot of the advertising images we are subjected to. I grew up in the punk scene in the early to mid-90s, and animal rights were central to my identity. It seemed like a bad idea to criticize those that were ostensibly on our side. That being said, I'm older now, and being vegan is more mainstream. It'd be easy to quibble over the term vegan versus plant-based to denote an anti-capitalist stance versus mindfulness of self-care incorporated, but I won't go into that any further. Uh, These days, I find their tactics counterproductive. I volunteer at animal shelters and farm sanctuaries and worry that Peter's visibility does harm to those groups and their work. Contra the old stereotype, I will usually only bring up being a vegan if it is relevant to an activity, like going out to a restaurant with friends or eating at somebody's house. Um, Also, if it is my birthday or a gift-giving holiday and I don't want to receive anything leather or animal product-based. Even then, if someone screws up, it does happen. I don't make a big deal about it. I either return it later or give it to someone else that could use it. All while trying not to hurt the gift-giver's feelings. Uh, in short, I try not to be a performative asshole about it. There's no doubt that there's lots of horrors in the factory farming industry, but I personally feel, as a sensitive, bleeding hard type, that Peter's juvenile approach hardens people to those realities rather than gives them space to process what they're seeing and let it affect them. I also don't think I'm alone in the vegan community in that opinion, though I obviously only speak for myself here. Love the show, Graham. Nice. Thank you, Graham. Very reasonable. Oh. Strong agree. Peter sucks. Yes, and I and I do have to agree with that point as well of like the whole Peter thing of just being like it. It makes me think of those those old like Australian, um, Australian like road traffic PSAs and shit where they're like, if you do this, you're a bloody idiot, you're a dickhead. <laughs> do and we still like, use no, that slogan? If you drink and drive, you're a bloody idiot. <laughs> pretty sure I still see those out on the highway from time oh, to time. Amazing. Those those billboards just hanging out. If you drink and drive, you're a bloody idiot. I think they're in the process of rolling out the drink and drive and you're a dog cunt one. (laughs) (laughs) 
you drink and drive. That's a fucking dog act. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I just think, I don't know, like the, that that sort of PSA stuff and advertising and everything. I don't know who it's for. Like, because the, the people who already agree with you see it and go, yeah. And the people who don't agree with you go, fuck off. Um, and just close themselves off any further to discussion about it, I think. Um, hello, vegan writing in as requested to say that Peter fucking sucks. They are, in my opinion, a perfect example of trying to combat exploitative practices without the application of an anti-capitalist lens. Instead of trying to create an environment in which as many people as possible are encouraged to become vegans as a way to combat the exploitation of animals, Peter are now instead more interested in gatekeeping their vegan social status, i.e. maintaining their social capital, with more and more bizarre vegan rules as they see themselves as the true arbiters of the vegan fandom. That's my theory. Anyway, your loving friend, Eden. Thank you, Eden. Mm. Mm. It's true. Um, we, have a, we have one all the way from Canada here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, my partner and I have both been vegan for several years, almost entirely because we think eating animals is a bit cruel slash unnecessary, but the environmental aspect is a big bonus too. I say very little to none of it is health related for either of us because we're constantly seeing it marketed as a way to lose weight and be healthier in a lot of ways that are basically thinly veiled calls to severe restriction slash disordered eating. Mm. I think organizations like PETA use that as an easy way to get people on board with veganism. Anyway, bottom line is Peter sucks ass. I can't think of a single thing they do that I'm comfortable with, but I'll try to keep it relatively short. Their confrontational approach seems to just create hostility to veganism at large and really fails to get any kind of point across beyond shock value. Another problem is that they seem to target non-white communities and practices disproportionately. Here in Canada, they and a large number of vegans outside of Peter too, unfortunately, go after indigenous practices, especially in our far north where indigenous people have lived on hunting marine mammals for thousands of years and using every part of each animal for food and clothing, etc. We have a huge problem with access to food in the north, and fresh produce is prohibitively expensive, if available at all, to the often very poor people living there, so hunting continues out of necessity and tradition. But white vegans tend to get extra upset about this kind of hunting, which in my opinion is a much more ethical thing than any kind of livestock farming could ever be. Their conversation is always all or nothing. If you're going to eat one chicken wing, you may as well run a dogfighting ring. And also, in the past, and as far as, uh, as I know, Peter still fund kill shelters that put down unwanted pets. Anyway, sorry to ramble, but Peter and mainstream white veganism as a whole tend to be at best regressive and exclusive, and at worst explicitly racist, ableist, classist, you name it. I think a majority of vegans would probably agree with what I've said, but unfortunately, it's the worst ones who are consistently the loudest. Your friend of the show, Ashton. Hmm. Thanks, Ashton. That's Thank it. You, Ashton. That pretty much sums up Peter. Yep. It's like a whole white veganism. It's mm. an everyone can afford to be vegan attitude. It really sounds like they've just hoisted themselves by their own guitar. Oh, Good grief. <laughs> say, it, uh, say it again. They've... They've hoisted themselves by their own petar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't make me say I can't say it. With I think you might cut out. No. <laughs> we definitely have. A petard, you might think that a petard is some kind of uh, like a, a long pike type thing, you know. Um, it is, in fact, it is a bomb. It's like a bomb on a pole, 
I think. But uh, what I'm saying is that yeah. if you can take on. the word patar, um, as we as we discussed earlier, as uh, sorry, I'm I'm obviously coming at this the wrong angle for you guys. Uh, mm. Right. No, no, no. But I'm look. We'll go. I'll we'll whiteboard this for yep. you when I see you next time, and like, <laughs> I can I can try and go through it. But it's fine. I don't want to get this off track. Just consider it. Just just have a think about that they've ho- hoisted themselves by their own petar, and with an open <laughs> with an open mind, and we could we could touch back on this in the weeks to come. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then just close the dictionary and you'll be done. Um there there is one other one other letter there that makes a parallel point to that. Um it's from a friend of the show, Justin. Um says, Hey Andrew, was pleasantly surprised to hear a generally pro vegan take on the latest bonus bunter. Both as someone who's been vegan for a decent chunk of time and as someone who's writing their PhD on the geographies of vegan praxis, I feel as though I have the authority to say, fuck Peter. Most vegans take issue with PETA for advocating kill shelters. However, you've hit the nail on the head in saying that they're kind of the forefront of keeping the annoying vegan idea alive. And sure, there are a lot of those dickhead go vegan or go fuck yourself types, but groups like PETA very much keep that idea alive, and that's a huge harm to the progress and success of vegan praxis. Despite all the good they may achieve in other forms of advocacy, e.g. celebrity models promoting their own veganism. Celebrity role models promoting their own veganism. Uh, Other groups and initiatives such as Animals Australia, Challenge 22, the Vegan Society, public events such as the Adelaide Vegan Festival, and community-based groups such as university-based vegan clubs find far more success and do far more to promote a compassionate veganism, as is the case with social diffuse movements. I hope you find these views insightful. Justin. Um, Yeah, it seems like Peter's whole thing is much more, but can we get Kylie Jenner to be naked and then say, I'm not wearing a fur coat? Yeah, it's always been like that too. They had like Pamela Anderson, like it's been like that yeah. forever. Yes, yes. Um, although it's definitely funny to throw a bucket of paint over someone on, on a red carpet. Hilarious. It is pretty funny, <laughs> actually. Uh, well, thank you for writing in about that, everybody. Um, much appreciated. If you'd like to hear that episode and you haven't because you don't subscribe to the show, uh, you can support us and hear additional episodes by going over to buntavista.com forward slash. Wait, I've got this backwards. Forward slash Patreon. That's not right. Oh, no, you fucked it. You fucked Oof. everything. Delete the whole episode. Uh, we got to run it back from the start, everybody. Welcome to Bunta Vista, episode 89. Uh, no, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Vista. Uh, slap down the old five bucks a month for some bonus episodes if you feel that way inclined. I think I can hear someone vacuuming now. Yeah, I don't that's know. Probably, this, I don't know what's probably going my on in this wrap place. <laughs> Thank you to wife of the show, my fellow, for doing all the labor out there with a vacuum cleaner. I appreciate it. I appreciate Thank you the to clean women. carpet, frankly. Thank you to women doing Happy the International emotional and physical labor. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you.